Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast from Wales Online. Hello, welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast by Wales Online, brought to you by Gulliver's Sports Travel. I'm Ben James, and today I'm joined by two very special guests. That's Richie Reese and Kerry Sweeney. Uh, a bit of a special podcast today, uh, looking back on the Cardiff Blues 2010 Challenge Cup victory over Toulon. So, first of all, chaps, how are you doing? Good, you right? Not too bad. <laughs> Very good. Lovely stuff. So, um, would that been up to much? But I suppose we already know that. Been a busy, um, busy couple of weeks my end. I've had a quiet weekend, I have. <laughs> on a, a, a stag, Just, uh, just uh, doing the things that normal people do. <laughs> Taking flights and stuff, and, but uh, all good, and uh, nobody got hurt. That was the main thing. I mean, all home. <laughs> That's the, that is the main thing, all home, right? So, I suppose let's crack on, boys. See, see what your memories are like of this one. So, going into that 2010 season, how, how were you sort of feeling? You just obviously lost to Leicester in that penalty shootout <coughs> the year before, so I, I guess you sort of knew that you had the potential to be European contenders, especially in the Challenge Cup. Yeah, we had a squad, didn't we? With like, you know, that probably three, four year period of time, the squad gradually got better. And the year before, you know, you mentioned we lost in the Heineken semi-final with the uh, with the penalty shootout and all that. But you know, the week before, the two weeks previous, we won the um, we'd won the EDF. We beat Gloucester ironically in the final in um, in Twickenham, and we put I think fifty points on them, screen on it. And um, and yeah, and it just rolled on that next season and. Um, you know we, you know we did all right in the league. Uh, I think it was fourth, maybe or or what it was. We uh, we ended up, but yeah, to play uh, Toulon in Marseille in France, some you know just the atmosphere, the occasion it was. It was uh, an unbelievable, uh, unbelievable thing to be a part of. Yeah, it was a different <clears throat> kind of season for me. It was a, a story of like I didn't play a lot in the first half of the season because uh, obviously Sam Norton Knight had signed, and it was you know it was quite frustrating in the first half. You know, seeing they kept picking him all the time, and he, you know he wasn't really playing well. And I was, you know, very confident in my ability at the time. I think I should have been playing. I should have been playing. And when I had played, I played well. But I just weren't getting the rub of the green. But I think we, you know, as we got started, got to halfway through. I think we finally, you know, I think the penny dropped with the coaching staff there, and they started, you know, kind of started picking me as well. And and then it was, you know, it was. Uh, it was just you know it kind of went on a bit of a run then we did it was it was a I think we went like 13 on the bounce I think without losing and yeah. I remember the end of the season you know, everything just clicked everyone was playing really well the forwards were good you know the scrum was good the line up was good the backs were we were scoring some great tries that Wasps game was a uh, hell of a occasion wasn't it? yeah, yeah the the semi final was Adams Park was it yeah yeah, yeah the Wasps one and, and the Newcastle one as well oh yeah Newcastle there's a couple of funny stories in the Newcastle one because. Um, <laughs> Rushy, me and Rushy. Rushy had been to a dinner the night before and, t- and turned up the next day. I got, I we used to have itineraries for the week and like certain. So every week you'd have a new itinerary of the teams you were playing. And I must have got the teams out we were playing. I must have got the weeks mixed up. It's like the week before the semi-final. It was a, we were training on a Thursday because the game was on a Friday and the, on my days off I used to go fishing. So like ten yeah. past nine in the morning I'm sitting on a boat in Pool and the physio rings me saying uh, like, he said where are you then I said well I'm I said, I'm on a boat fishing I said we've got a day off today he said but I'm just about to walk into a meeting he said we're just about to walk into a meeting where are you I was like look I'm not going to get back now so I was really panicking that we weren't going to I weren't going to get picked for the final well the semi-final at that time sorry but luckily enough I took it in uh, in his stride and was quite on that I was laughing about it 
because it was you know I missed uh, any sessions before so so it was uh, but luckily enough we went on and we gave Newcastle a bit of a hiding up there as well yeah actually that year we remember we played Harlequins in the stoop and we gave yeah. those hiding it was like th- you know the strength and depth of the squad at that time was was probably the best it's been I think and you know it probably matches what it is now and um, yeah we you know we constantly putting 30-40 points on top end English opposition and it just rolled on to that semi-final and that final which is something that you know we definitely remember so um, yeah going into the sort of build up of the game you said you're on a really good run um, but then Toulon are even back then they were a hell of a proposition in the face weren't they so how, how did you sort of feel going into that uh, I th- you know, I think looking at them, I think more anybody we've seen going into it finally. Also, you've got to fancy your chances. I mean, it was a game, you know, you've, you've earned the right to be at that final. You got one, you got eighty minutes to try and you know, and anything can happen in that eighty minutes, can't it? And you know, I think the game it was a, it was a really good game. To be honest, it was a lot of swings in it. You know, they were on top, we were on top, and just you know, I just felt when we were in it, I could just feel the the game just turn at like sixty five minutes, and it, you just feel the boys their kind of confidence drop. They lost Johnny Wilson quite early they didn't have a you know a, um, a definite game manager or a 10 who could run the show for them and you know I think you've seen the more experienced players in their side looking around as well thinking you know where do we go from here and we kind of I think we we grew in confidence from that and kind of put a bit more of a stamp on, on the game and we kind of pulled away from from them at the end yeah even leading into the game I think I think Dai you know Dai you know obviously superb Coach manager, man manager, but he got the boys in the right places very much. Um, you know, he rotated the squad in the lead up to those couple of weeks, and um, and you know, even the two we normally have a team video before the game, and it, they and he chuck got Roger Mann, who's the analyst, still the analyst now, chopped up a video. It was more than uh, more mistakes than anything. It was just very humorous, and um, it was something different that the boys had an experience. You know, and going into a final where, if we're brutally honest, not much was really expected of us with the side we were facing. We were in France. Um, you know, fifty thousand. Too long country, really. Wasn't yeah, it? It was Marseille, in Marseille. But, you, you know, know fifty thousand French fans, probably. Eight hundred blues fans, and uh, we weren't really expecting much. And I managed that. You know, he's a superb man manager, and um, I think the boys. We were hanging on for the first twenty. So we'll never forget, straight from the kick off, they um, they got the ball straight back, and they nearly went the length. And I think it was Fernandez Lobby who just um, knocked it on, probably five meters from our try line. So. So it was uh, it was a tight and cagey opening half. Out, probably even first half we were, we were hanging on, and then as Sween just touched on, um, probably after 45 minutes there was a bit of self belief there. The big players probably stood up. The KCs, the Casey Lawala, the Xavier Rush, got us that go forward, a bit of gain line, and um, I think we just rolled and um, got a bit of confidence from that, and the momentum swung. And um, and yeah, the rest is history, really. Yeah. You, you said you were in sort of. Too long country. Uh, I, I, I was the atmosphere. I can't imagine those fans oh, was, too. Sort it was, of. It was unbelievable. You know, getting on the, the bus trip was like uh, an international game. Really, it was just as you went through the streets. You know, it was the supporters were up against the uh, up against the bus. All the cafes going down that uh, main street there were just full of Toulon supporters. Uh, oh, it was, but it was a good uh, atmosphere. It wasn't like an intimidating atmosphere. It was you could see. You know, they were good as well. They weren't. You know they went banging the bus, so like you can't you can't get a bit like that sometimes. But it was you know it was all you know everyone was in a good spirit there, and it was it was really good to be part of that as well. That was something I remember. Yeah, we were staying in the port, right in um, right on the port we were, and we went over the day before as you have to do with the European games, 
and they took uh, the majority of the non-squad over as well. So obviously a few of those boys had um, a few beers the night before. I remember seeing him by the pool. I think it was Gary Powell, and he was still mm. struggling a bit. He was into the pool up to his up to his chin, trying to recover. But um, it was it was very laid back, chilled, and just a fantastic experience. Really, we rolled into uh, into the stadium, thinking, "God, what have we come into here?" We had um, you know a couple of injuries, touch and go. Melon was touch and go. Fish was touch and go. Fish ended up benching. Melon lasted till half time, I think. But um, yes, it was very much an you know an international sort of scenario where um, where the fans and the atmosphere was fantastic. So then, what what would have uh, Di and sort of Melon said in the dressing room before that to sort of would it have been sort of pumping you up or sort of just no? I calm, think, I think at that time because we were in such a rhythm of you know we just so comf- comfortable with each other and everyone else's game and everyone was like that com- it's that confidence in it everyone's comfortable in your game everyone's comfortable in you know it was comfortable in like Jamie Roberts's game next to me comfortable in Richie's game like, we just knew it and we knew we knew we had our game plans we knew what we had to do and we just had to deliver them so I think I think that was a lot of it it was just a case of just going over that and just making sure we're all you know we're all still on that same uh, wavelength and just you know just going into it as relaxed as we can just trying to put it into action of what we've uh, yeah yeah, I'll never forget something that I said before that game which was uh, just focus on what we do well and it was you know don't focus on the Wilkinson the Lobby Harbour my hand jack the you know, whatever whoever they had in the Sunny Bill, whoever they had in this well, let's focus on what we can do and let's concentrate on how to manage that well. And um, that's exactly what we did I think. Yeah, Overall by any you know a lot of us have played against them internationally as well, so it wasn't yeah. a case of, you know you know, more more of it, I think he's just looking forward to the challenge as well of playing against these players that uh, you know, you go against it or go against every week and you know, internationally you go against them. It's a big it's a big uh, it was a big stage to go against each other and try and get the get on top of that it's a big thing for me now especially probably going more to the coaching side of it it's those occasions where you know you probably might only have one in your lifetime and similar now with the boys in the game Friday that you know it's an opportunity you've got and you might not have it again so let's you know, make the most of it um, I suppose one of, one of the key players for too long in that first half was Sonny Bill like, he nearly scored off the, the kickoff, as you say you know, how was it sort of dealing with him so we left that to Casey and Jamie, really. Casey and Jamie, yeah, he did score. He stepped uh, Fow and Martin, I think, and Nug for uh, for his try. But yeah, um, I think Jamie got Jamie got back got back with him. I think you know they both good big boys. Like yeah. it was a big old challenge. Yeah, I remember like him. He give um, he give Mama a bit of a belt early on. Yeah, very very rarely I've seen Mama. I, well, I don't think I've ever seen Mama get it back before that time. Your mum was a big old tough boy, a good powerful boy as well, and he um, he gave him a good belt early on. I thought, oh, here we go, I'm gonna stay away from this one. <laughs> Get Jamie in front of him, let him tackle him. <clears throat> but uh, I thought Jamie managed him well all, all game, man. And you know, I think Jamie put his own game on. Him, Jamie scored as well yeah. under the sticks, didn't he? And it's um, it's a good contest, that was. Well, you say what it was? It was a massive game mm. for Jamie, wasn't it? Like everyone played brilliantly, but Jamie had probably one of the games of his life, didn't he? Yeah, he did, uh, especially defensively. But in offence, that second half, Casey was uh, unbelievable. You talk metres per carry and defenders beaten. I'd never forget two of our tries just simply came from line breaks that Casey's made. You know, in the game now, it's you know it's about line breaks, metres made, and uh, and getting game line and speed of ball. And that's probably before his time, and that's what he was superb at. He used to die young. He used to uh, like take the mick a bit, so we'd get like the half backs in before the week leading up to the game. He say. Uh, 
you know, because case could just be people in a, in a post box really and offload. He say, All right, what's the what's the plays this week? You go KC one, KC two, KC three, and then you say, All right, just chuck the ball down, let him have it. But sometimes it was like that with him. He was so like because he could beat someone one on one all the time. It was just okay, you know, was, was, what do you need to do? Just give it to him. Just give him the ball and let him let him go with people. Like he was so like just beat people left, right, offload. Then just used to kill, that's what used to kill people is his offload after. Just cutting line, cutting lines outside, and he's getting his hands free, and he just beat the line breaks, you know, 40, 50 yard line breaks or tries. And if you watch uh, Willis Halahalo now, who's uh, obviously with us the moment, will probably be playing on uh, on the weekend. That uh, he reminds me, his late footwork reminds me so much of Casey. He's yeah. just exactly the same sort of player. How he beats defenders, he's never really going to go directly over the top of you in the style of Jamie Woodall. But, but what he does that then for players around him, he just puts them in space and it just you know showed where the two tries that Casey set up. Um, I suppose another key player we mentioned him and, and his departure, and that was Wilkinson. How, how did you find going up against him that um, day? Oh, you know, I, I played against him a few times, and he's always he was one of the best I played against for just just I think what was. Well, he was very good at he would he would totally run the game and I think everyone but in a way it was a weakness of the team as well if a, if he ever went off everyone would be looking around and I think that game you know it could have had a different outcome if he played the full 80 minutes because you know he very rarely missed he'd always come you know just good really good game management and just go around the park just running you know just running the show and you would see everyone was just kind of sometimes I think relied a bit too much on him and that's because of the play he was really you know good he could manage and you know he, he wouldn't miss that's the thing. You just think. Apparently, anyway, within 45 minutes, uh, 45 meters, sorry, you know, it's going over, it's going over 50 meters in front of the post. He's kicking it, so you know, it puts uh, the team they're playing against under pressure as well. And as if like they get a bit uh, tight of giving penalties away in any of them areas, and it can lead them to start pushing balls and you know making mistakes because of that, because of his presence. Really, he did have that presence around him. Who's playing coming off that day inside him? Matt Henjack, the Australian. Okay. I don't know if you remember him. He, uh, he didn't last, he probably lasted a season in Toulon. He had his yeah. issues off the field. But um, yeah, they had, you know, they had probably at the time the best squad that, uh, you know, very much like now they brought in who, who effectively they wanted. And um, it was sure with the strength of their squad on the day, but obviously wasn't good enough. <laughs> <laughs> but, how, how did you find that sort of half back? Partnership change when Wilkinson went off because Tom May would have come in. Yeah, it's a very, I, it's a very different sort uh, of halfback I, I, in it. I, could, Jack and I May. could feel it. I think I could see like you know they didn't have a recognised goal kicker. They didn't have anyone that could really consistently kick like 85 percent from forty five meters. So you know, and he didn't have a real. I like, you know Tom May was a great, good, great player. He had a great career, but he, he wasn't a ten. Was he? Well, he couldn't distribute like a, a natural ten could, or he couldn't kick tactically like a ten could, and he didn't have that game management sense either. So, you know, and I felt that all the other players around him kind of could see that as well. I could feel that, and I think that's kind of when that's when I thought, yo, I could feel, this is going our way. You know, we could just feel the pressure turn around on them. Yeah, not long after he went off, they brought uh, Pierre Mignoni on, who, was, uh, who ironically ended up coaching Toulon, and now he think he's at uh, Lyon now. But um, to try and give them that bit of game management, but it just didn't work. We, you know, we ended up suffocating them defensively yeah, at the breakdown. We had yeah. Nugget, we finished the game with Nugget, Warby, uh, and Rashi in that back row, do you know what I mean? So... Um, and I think because we were in front as well, it was a bit easier for us to manage as well because you know we knew we weren't under real any threat from long range penalties or we could really put our defence on them um, pressure wise with line speed. That, that kind of went. That was a good part of the last five minutes. So we yeah. defended. I think we defended for about 
seven minutes, I think, with the ball the last like uh, last, last ten minutes or something like that. It was uh, incredible effort from defence. So, going back to the break, you trailed. Then what was the, what was the sort of belief like within the boys at that point? Because. I, I just think like that's what Dai's got as well. He used to come in and change room like you know he never used to sh- he weren't a shove the ball at all. Dai just used to you know go through it methodically and just say like you know this is what we need to do. They'd have you know, Rodney the analyst would pull stuff up on the video or have a look at this you know here's where the space is or this is where we need to go and just areas on the park that we just need to concentrate on and it was just kind of just back to what we'd tried to put up, you know the, the team planning of the week and just you know just keep a cool on it. Yeah, I remember half time we'd ridden away effectively. We'd got into half time. I think it was eleven six half time, or you know something around around that. But uh, you know we t- you know we were in touching distance with an easy. We hadn't even got into our stride yet. And then I think the first fifteen minutes after half time, I think we scored twice. We'd really pushed on, and then um, Wilkins had gone down. We went over again, and then um, yeah, so momentum is such a big thing. You know the at least less errors you create, you know, you get positive sets or whatever it may be and just try and keep all the more manage the game and that's what we did for that twenty minutes after time and ended up um, killing the game effectively for him. So I think you, you, you kicked the ball out, I think, to, to, to finish all I off. did, yeah. Talk, talk me through those sort of moments after the full time whistle. Uh, I, well, we were defending, so we just touched yeah. on it then. We were defending probably about three minutes. They'd gone through quite a few phases, they, but they were overplaying. I think it was Skeet, who was um, a New Zealand second old man, ended up knocking it on. And uh, literally, we all just rushed in. I remember kicking it off the field. Jamie, the uh, big unit, grabbed me, but it was just relief more than anything. <laughs> I mean, they were, it was relief, um, uh, relief by the end of it. It's just, yeah, it, was no warm, one, it was a warm day as well. Yeah, no one really expected it, but. Um, but yeah, it was brilliant. You know, we, as we said, we brought a load of the boys over. Um, anyway, we weren't involved. The likes of Jamie Robinson was at, actually at Toulon. He wasn't involved the day, but he came in the change room after. Um, but yeah, you know, unbelievable achievement at the time. And you know, where are we eight years later now? And uh, hopefully, we can do it again Friday night. Nothing to add on the No, I think I got a spot on it. was just, I think, like I say, just relief at the end and just, you know, running around, just trying to get hold of everyone, just so happy to just, you know, to go out and just to do, I think, realization of what you've actually done then and to get, you know, out there. And it's not like even harder, obviously, where it was, I think. And how many, you know, everything was against us, really, the crowd, the way we were playing. Know, the team we were playing against supposedly, you know, but I think you know in the end the boys were, you know, we were good enough at the end of the day, and it was simple as that. We were, you know, best team on. I'll never forget. It was like that. As you know, Sween mentioned, there was a, probably a pocket of eight hundred thousand blue supporters, but they were like dotted all over the over the. So we, uh, and they were fantastic throughout. You know, we, you know, they didn't stop cheering and uh, giving us that bit of bite. I suppose so. We went over to those. We saw a few of them after. Um, in various. Uh, a lot of them come back on the plane. With us yeah, and a lot of them were on the plane. We so, chartered yeah. it. And, you know, the re- relatively the big claims that came support back. the club as well. So we like, like we all come back together, which was good. Obviously, with a winning team, so that was sending a few drinks down there and had a good couple of. Uh, Paul Bailey was leading the charge yeah, on that, wasn't he? So, so when does it, when does it sort of sink in what you've done? I think straight away for me, it was straight away. You know, I was just I was not you know delighted with it straight from the start, and it was just. You know, just trying to get on to everyone and just make sure we've seen everyone and just shaking hands with everyone as well, all the boys in it and coaches, everyone has been involved, the backroom staff, the kit man in it, just because, you know, they're all part of it as well, they go through it with you, the ups and the downs, you know, they don't like 
you know they don't want to lose either, do they? So when when you all go through it together, because it is you know you spend you spend so much time together. <coughs> they are like your family, and they they like you know they're like brothers all together, and it's. Um, and you go through the pre-season it all starts back way in like you know can't start back in May sometimes so you get that end, end date when it's the one you actually won something together it's, uh, it's a great yeah feeling. for me it's probably you don't probably recognise the achievement at the time for me I think now you know eight years later looking back is something I'm extremely proud of and um, you know if there's one thing I, if I wish I could probably get across to the boys now the players now is you know really enjoy the moment now that what we mentioned earlier the opportunity and stuff because you don't probably appreciate what you've yeah. done and um, but yeah the boys have got a huge opportunity Friday to, uh, to do themselves a, a big big positive in the eyes of the Cardiff Blues so I suppose the final part of that day would have been the celebrations uh, straight back on the plane we were chartered, well, yeah. chartered flight straight back on the plane we were but we had uh, a quiet 48 hours back here then so nothing uh, <laughs> so eventful happened then <laughs> no so we we, um, we had a chat fight back with a load of the sports I think they paid to come and then obviously we'd had something organised back here and then that rolled on to the next day and probably into the Monday morning I think yeah, it was yeah, it ended yeah. up on so um, yeah, was it, was the end yeah, of it's about memories isn't it I suppose yeah. and that's what we remember or no memories. Or no memories. <laughs> yeah. When are, when are the boys heading back this weekend? Are they going uh, Sunday. Time? Yeah. Obviously, yeah, coming got, back Sunday. Yeah. They got a fair bit of time then if they do. Indeed. Yeah. Well, obviously it's the it's the race in Leinster on Saturday evening, which we've got the opportunity to go and watch if we want it or not. I'm sure we'll uh, want to stay together depending on how our game goes Friday. But yeah. So how do we how do you see that sort of going then? Well, our one. Yeah. Uh, well, we've been on a decent ride, haven't we? The last few months of start of the season probably didn't plan out how we wished it would, but um, yeah, boys, been fantastic. Big players have really stood up for me. You know, the likes of the Nick Williams, Jared Evans has been superb as is Thomas Williams, and uh, you know, we got talent all over the park at the moment. People can you know knock us for probably the lack of strength and depth in certain areas, but. You know the season. You know it's a long old season, and if you can't get uh, through up with a certain amount of plays, then then you're probably exposed. But we've done it, and we've probably got better as uh, as the season's most definitely got on. You know we've obviously targeted certain areas of Gloucester game. We know what to expect, and we know what players to target. They've got some extremely good ball carriers: Ben Morgan, Jake Pelledry in the back row, twelve trees, Atkinson in uh, twelve and thirteen. They very much run their game. But then the likes of Burns is obviously weaknesses around everybody's game, but. As I said earlier, we want to touch on, you know, and do what we're very good at. Utilise the plays that um, make things tick for us. And uh, hopefully things go well. I've I, I watched, obviously, the Blues all year this year. I don't think they've got anything to, to worry about there. You know, so I think as long as they come with the, the game they've been playing over the last, you know, couple of months, um, I think I think they will win. You know, I got no, I don't see anywhere really. Where they need to be afraid of, I just think they need to go into with confidence. I think you know, I think what's good about them at the minute, they, the blue, sorry, they got a lot of like combinations that are working well. I think the halfbacks are working well, the back three are working well together. The two centres, you know, they just they live off each other, and um, you know, like even all like all, all all over that park, I just think the back row, second rows, all of it. I just think it's geared up for a for a good Cardiff wing as long as as long as they turn up is a big you know. Yeah, it's just being the best version of us, isn't it? Yeah. It's you know as good as we can be. Let's go there. Where we have been for the last couple of months, and it's a final. Everything's built on emotion. Gloucester will be as physical as 
you know, as they will ever be. So it's just about matching that and uh, being the best we can possibly be on the day. I think as long as they can, it's emotion. Like we said, it's emotion. Yeah, I just think they, if they go in there as relaxed as they can, you know, I think the biggest thing is obviously you know getting too up for it. Then you know you've got to try and break it down. It's another game of rugby on the basic level. But it's an, it is it is a big occasion. But you've got to try and take that occasion out to it and just put their game on them. And as a pair, a pair of halfbacks, I suppose the form of Thomas Williams and Jared Evans has, has really helped them along this way. How do you sort of view them as? as oh, I, I, I'm delighted for Jared. I mean, you know, could it, could it, I think it could have been easy for the Blues coaching staff just to stick with like Garth Hanscom, obviously being the high-profile signing there, and the Wales international, you know, the international incumbent there. But um, you know, I think he's done. He's come on really nice. I don't know if there's anything to do with Richie, I don't think but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he's um, I think he's just developing really nicely at a nice rate and he, you know he's getting game time which I think as a young ten you need. You know, you've got to make your mistakes as well. You're not gonna you know, you're not gonna come through professional rugby at that age and have a you know, have man of the match performances every game and I, I think what he's doing he's learning every game and he just seems to be getting better. And that's what that's what I like about it. You know, people have said, Oh, he's got his weaknesses but you know, I watch him. I just, I think he's a great player. I was, you know, I was a bit surprised he weren't, didn't weren't involved for this summer tour because I think, you know, his form, I think, it's probably warranted it. But they've gone with what uh, they usually go with. But you know, I thought he might have. I wouldn't have been surprised at all if he'd snuck on it. Thomas Williams as well. He... Yeah, uh, there's no, there's no secret. I'm a huge fan of Tom. You know, we're working together quite closely at the moment. And and I've got to give Lloyd Williams credit. He's been superb this year as well. They've shared a lot of game time. And they're probably different types of players, and it's fantastic for us as a, you know, as you know, a coaching group that you've got a decision to make between two such good quality players. But Thomas, you know, he's a very young guy. His ceiling is huge for me. He could be Wales' first choice nine in you know twelve, eighteen months. Obviously, you've got the former Gareth Webby. You're losing Webby, but between to have Thomas and uh, and Gareth Davis, I think is a huge positive for Wales. You know, and you know, Thomas and Jared have grown up together. They've played a lot and a lot of rugby together, which is. Uh, Always good as a partnership, especially a half-back. And, um, and Jared's one of the best attacking threat as a 10 you will come across. You know, he reads the game particularly well. They're both quite diligent guys. You know, they do their homework and um, you know, they're very much analysing opposition. So, uh, you know, credit's down to them. They're spending a lot of time improving their game. And, and again, a you know, bit of credit to Gareth Hanscom as well. He's playing particularly well at 15. It's probably no secret he wants to play 10. But to have two talented first receivers on the pack is uh, is huge positive for us as the Cardiff Blues, and um, you know I'm sure Gar will just want to play. And he's been excellent with Jari; he very much leads that back line, and he's um, open. They can both stand up and uh, and deliver on Friday evening. Obviously, last you went out to Gloucester, so it was the quarter final last year. Does that sort of come into the equation at all, or is it just is that not on the table? No, it's, you know, it's di- you know, it's different teams, it's different players, and it's a completely different occasion. And, but um, look, we've done what we will do. Get of Gloucester has touched on us being the best, you know, what we can possibly be. Uh, we've looked at their game, you know, in detail. But players, you know, it's, it's in, it can be over complicated. I think the game people, you know, go into it too much detail sometimes. If you're winning collisions, if you've got a speed of ball is high, it makes the defensive. Uh, Work a lot harder for your opposition. So, you know, we've got a style of play, structure we like playing, and that's just imposing that on the opposition. 
any advice for the Blues boys? I doubt, I doubt they'd listen to this podcast no, anyway. I d- <laughs> no, I don't. I just think, like you know, just like I said earlier, just go out there and just enjoy is another thing as well. You know, really try not to let that occasion get you. I think they've been they've been doing more than enough. You know, they don't need me to tell them either what uh, well they've been playing. They're going they're going really well. I really enjoyed playing uh, watching them the last couple of months. You know, it's good to see them doing well, and it's, uh, it's another region that's doing. It's done well this season, you know, as long with the Scarlets as well. It's just, you know, it's really good, good times at the minute for the for the two regions. I think that's pretty much all for today, boys. Uh, we'll just finish if you can rack your brains for any sort of funny anecdotes, maybe from 2010, maybe from somewhere else. No, well, I only said, I said about the one earlier. Just where me, it was. I think it was the semi-final, just before the semi-final against Newcastle, and uh, we usually get um, we were getting itineraries for the week. So usually our day was off on a Thursday, but I think the game was on a Sunday, so the days had changed. But I got the itinerary from the week before, so I uh, I used to go fishing on my day off on that on that, and I got my the day was the Thursday, and um, I'm sitting on a boat up in Pond Pool on the reservoir fishing away, and I had a phone call off the um, physio to say that uh, he's like, "Where are you two? I was like, "What do you mean where my two? I said, "We got a day off today." He said, "No, yeah." He said, "I'm just about to walk into a team meeting, into the into the room." I said, "You what?" He said, yeah, he said, I'm just about to walk in, so so I thought, oh, that's it for me, I'm done, you know, I'm absolutely battered, I'm going to get dropped or whatever, but he, um, luckily enough, you know, I'd been quite, I, hadn't, I didn't miss hardly any training, I don't think I missed any training sessions for the Blues while I was there, and, um, you know, Di Young was pretty cool about it, and uh, quite laid back, he's pretty good, like, average man management, and kind of just, I thought I was going to play then the semi-final, but he did, <coughs> he did pick me, and... Uh, so, you know, we had a really good, uh, we had a really good win that day as well. It was like fifty bucks. Was tipex on the itinerary, was it? No, so, yeah, it was, Brad, Brandy Davis I, was saying I, that when he played uh, under Di and Stephen at the uh, <laughs> uh, Wasps, he just started scratching the team names out and he realised it was the team from the week before Is on the it? itinerary. For <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the, I tell they all like when I come back in the next day, then the boys obviously rip me, and I just had a big like sign on my, um, on my changing room uh, like. Uh, you had a few signs on like, that. Uh, <laughs> that little spot gone, uh, gone fishing in that, it? So it was, uh, it was, you know, luckily I got away with it. No, nothing for me. My lips are no, firmly Richie's, sealed. Richie's really boring. My <laughs> lips are firmly sealed. It's really boring, Richie. <laughs> <laughs> no stories of it. Whatever well, that seems sort of anticlimactic way to end, but we'll end it there. Uh, gents, thanks for, for agreeing to do this. Um, enjoy Bill Bow, Richie. Will do. And uh, Kerry, I'll enjoy it on the TV.